welcome to the Creating Ripples podcast. I'm your host, Alexandra Zahner. I believe in the power of sharing our experiences and knowledge with others, and when we do, we are creating ripples of impact around us. Each week, get ready for intimate personal shares, honest, relatable conversations, aha moments, and so much more. This space was designed to create empowerment, inspiration, community, and provide guidance to elevate those around us. I am so excited to have you here. Get ready and let's start creating ripples. Hello, welcome to the Creating Ripples podcast. I'm your host, Alexandra Zahner, and today I have the opportunity to sit down with Lindsay O'Connor, and she's going to share a little bit about herself. Lindsay is, by day, a trend researcher, and in her off time, she's a creative storyteller and mental health advocate, but she has so much more to share with you, and I'm really excited to have her joining me here today. Lindsay, welcome. Thanks so much, Alex. It's so great to be here today. Thanks for having me on this podcast. So happy you're here. Well, I figured um, I'll kind of give a little bit of my backstory, I guess. So like Alex has said, um, I'm originally from Arizona, but I live in Minneapolis now. About It's been about nine years, which is kind of crazy. Um, but yeah, my life has always been this intersection of food and creativity and empathy for the world around me. Um, you know, Alex, I know you've been following What Happy Makes, my, my Instagram, for a while now, but I started that Instagram account about five years ago um, as kind of a way to have a creative outlet and to capture my food and creative endeavors. And um, at the time I shared what I was making my kitchen or restaurant raves, my hand lettering, travels. And then I would just kind of intersperse with, um, within that kind of my random life reflections, I would say. Uh, but it's been the last couple of years that I've really truly discovered my love for storytelling and finding ways to connect with others and to also share their stories. Mm-hmm. And it's with that, um, you know, a couple months into the pandemic, things started to shift, you know, like there is a little bit of, I think as we started to get into having our quarantine and working into our bubbles, mm-hmm. uh, I think the pandemic provided this, this kind of first real moment of, of, of actually sharing how we actually were doing. And so as I kind of started thinking about kind of what I could do during this time, during this pandemic, uh, I really started, it started to become clear that using my voice and sharing my story, my own story on Instagram could be a way to hopefully help connect people and to uh, make others feel a little less alone. Uh, Another part of my backstory, is uh, that I've kind of always had this mental health and uh, and kind of making sure that that I've been taking care of myself has always kind of been woven into my life. You know, I, I have my family has uh, some history of mental health uh, that I've kind of always worked through, and I think as I got in this pandemic, one of the things that um, I realized is is becoming more open with some of my own stories with mental health, and so through there, I actually. Uh, in, I, th- I want to say it was September, um, decided on uh, World Suicide Prevention Day that I was going to overcome that, that feeling of, of, of hiding that story and kind of share it with, uh, with my social media, with my like followers or with my friends mm-hmm. and family that follow me. And through that process, it kind of unlocked this part of my, part of my story that, that I realized um, that I realized could could help others. Uh, I, I shared uh, a time of uh, when I was going through situational depression and shared how I, the past three years have been coming out of that. And so that really ignited new conversations, which was super interesting to, mm-hmm. to kind of see people's reactions to that and, and their support of that as well. Um, and it kind of just opened up this whole new realm that what happy makes is kind of now interweaving some mental health onto it. Um, I love it. So, yeah, I think listening to you talk about your experience as you started to recognize what happens when you share your story, you just started to light up and I wish the listeners could see you. Like it just felt like 
you were living out your truth so much by getting to just, it's almost like when we, we put so much pressure on ourselves to go through these experiences in life by ourselves that we feel like we can't open up. But then when we finally do, it's like this weight is lifted off of us because actually totally. instead of it being scary, once it's out in the world, you get to hear that what you're experiencing, you're not experiencing alone. Yeah, totally. And yeah. And yeah. And I think too, and that's something I realized even for myself is as much as I was doing it for others, not feel alone. It also helped me kind of also not feel alone. And so it's, it's just this, uh, this really cool experience mm-hmm. to have. Um, and yeah, and, and that's when I started, um, I then started mental health Mondays after realizing that, that, that conversation needed to happen more frequently and uh, Mental Health Mondays, for those that don't um, know, uh, are kind of like my weekly postings of uh, just my chance to share my own stories to help others feel not so alone. Um, things I've learned through the process of going to therapy and, um, and then things I've come to learn through my own experiences. Mm-hmm. And so every Monday I'll just post, uh, an Instagram live, I'll do an Instagram live and then post the video of just whatever topic that day feels like, um, whether it's something I'm going through personally or something I'm realizing is happening kind of in the world that I need to, or like within my world, that seems like it, uh, it needs to be addressed or kind of talked about more. And that's when, after starting to do some mental health Mondays around the holidays, I know we've talked about this, but mm-hmm. I started a uh, single all the way, which was kind of talking I around some of the, <laughs> some of the stuff with, with being a single during this time. Mm-hmm. Could you talk a little bit more about your personal story? And I know you talk about when you shared that hope was to bridge that gap of helping others to feel less alone. But then when you shared it really created almost connection and community for you to connect with others that maybe they don't have the exact same story as you, but Mm -hmm. what you said resonated with them. Could you open up a little bit more about your story and kind of the connections that came with it once you opened that up to others to hear? Yeah. So I think um, when I first shared my story on um, in September on the World Suicide Prevention Day, it was really me opening up for the first time as what I call myself an extroverted optimist. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was me sharing my stories that a uh, story that three years ago, I went through what I called situational oppression after um, something happened in my life that just seemed so overwhelming and that I wasn't going to, uh, that it just felt like I didn't know how to get out of it. And I had the, um, the thought of possibly ending my life wouldn't, would would be the kind of cure-all to finally get out of that pain and and there's I always tell people that that there's kind of the suicide there's like a spectrum when you think about kind of the area of suicide there, there's a suicidal thought there's like the ideation then there's actually like kind of um stepping into then actually acting on it. and I, I'm I'm grateful grateful that I just had the thought because even that just I guess not grateful but like that um, even on that like spectrum for me, that was such a scary thing to experience. Um, and luckily because of my community and support system I had through my friends and family, I was Mm -hmm. able to, to kind of, to realize that my life was more than just this one thing. And so, Mm -hmm. um, and so the first, and so I, as I, as I shared my story on Instagram, I kind of shared that of like, three years ago, no one knew what I was going through fair enough. Cause I wasn't mm-hmm. sharing it. Um, but, but that behind this curtain, behind this extroverted optimist curtain a bit mm-hmm. that, um, that I too can struggle with things. And I always call, I actually call it the Robin Williams effect. It's kind of a thing, a term I've come up with about mm-hmm. how, um, that even the most optimistic, energetic, outgoing, um, people that maybe by the book you wouldn't think are going through something hard can be going through uh, really tough seasons of their life and how that just how it goes to show that we just really need to check in to yeah to check in with everybody no matter what um, and so after sharing my story about how I went through situational oppression and that suicidal thought I think it just really opened up um 
it opened up the conversation that, that, you know, and I always thought like, if I can't share this, how is somebody that's not extroverted, that's not optimist, that's, that, that doesn't have this sort of community, like, how are they ever going to share it if I can't share it from my, um, with like my amazing foundation that I have that, that made me overcome that. And so that was kind of one of the driving forces behind sharing it. And then what was interesting about that is I actually had, um, and what has kind of fueled me throughout this whole process is I actually had uh, people that I wouldn't suspect would have had suicidal thought or would have been suicidal reach out and share their story. And that mm-hmm. was, it was definitely emotional to get those responses, but I was like, wow, like I would have never expected, even me, like I would have never mm-hmm. expected that those people would have had that similar story because every thing how they present themselves how we present ourselves can Mm -hmm. kind of like you just don't think about it always you know (laughs) yeah and I think too social media plays a big effect into that where it's the highlight reel so often Mm -hmm. people are showing the highlights and they're not always showing real life and Mm -hmm. I listening to you when you were talking before about how just within the past year, you've started to make that shift on your own personal page of what happy makes of how it was these things that brought joy into your life. But now within the past year, you're also doing that. But in a new way, you're finding what brings joy into your life is just opening up and letting Lindsay be Lindsay and showing Mm -hmm. up as who you are. And from that, you're creating these place, this place of support and connection for others to then hopefully maybe they'll feel empowered to do the same thing. Or even if it's just opening up with you about it, you've now created a support system for someone that might not have had that if Mm. you hadn't opened up about your story in the first place. Yeah. Thanks for saying that. Yeah. Yeah. It's, um, and, and that's what I think by sharing our stories, what it does is gives other permission, others a permission slip. It gives others the opportunity to, to see it being done in other ways. I I even know that I had someone that reached out that shared their story that then actually posted afterwards um, to their Instagram, something Mm -hmm. that they were going through. And that just even created this kind of ripple. Yeah. ripple. (laughs) (laughs) Um, and, And it's something like, you know, I would say that I've always felt anybody that knows me knows that I'm, I've, I've, I am a pretty authentic, I am an authentic person. I, and, and I don't mm-hmm. think I was ever being inauthentic, not sharing that. Mm-hmm. Um, and even on, you know, even on uh, Instagram, I do try to balance out, like <laughs> I, I tend to bring in humor, or funny mm-hmm. things that happened to me or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, and, but it was just, it's just another, a different level, a different, a different conversation when you start to share all those parts of you. And I think Mm -hmm. that, you know, something I've heard from actually my therapist is like, life is like, it's kind of like music, like you need the high notes as much as you need the low in order to make that really kind of compelling song, right? Mm -hmm. And um, yeah, yeah, it was a really fascinating way to think about that. Um, So, so I try, I try to show up as authentically as I can you know I think one of the examples on my Instagram is I had once again I'm a pretty optimistic person so I would had posted this this image and I'm a foodie so I posted this image of my breakfast thinking and I was writing about all like finding joy joys in the small things throughout this pandemic Mm -hmm. and um, within then that next after I posted that I then had this kind of moment where I just like uh I had something happen or then I just had this moment of where I just was kind of crippled with anxiety and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. And that was something the next day, um, I ended up posting about, I didn't think I was going to, but I, but I thought to myself, I just posted finding the joys in life, which, which I'm a strong believer of, but me not then showing kind of like what could also quickly flip Mm-hmm. wasn't feeling authentic right mm-hmm. and so and that was interesting because I actually uh I don't know I've I'm I'm used to at least on you know the people I follow on Instagram I've seen people post these um you know these emotional photos of themselves they're going through something hard and so over the years I too have like will when I'm going through anxiety or, or something has really stopped me up and I'm 
on my bathroom floor crying mm-hmm. or my bed crying. Like mm-hmm. I'll snap a photo of myself, not to like, not to ever intend to share, but to like remind myself that as much as I have great photos and happy photos, I then have those moments where I want to remind myself that, that I've gotten through the anxiety and I've seen, you know, people post pictures like that. And so, um, so I took a photo that day, not expecting to share it, but then as I like, uh, but just for my own collection of like, you're going to get through this because then, you know, I'll, I'll come out of, I'll come out of the, and see the light the next, you know, week or whatever, I'll find my way through a solution, um, to get me through anxiety or to get me through those seasons. And, um, but I ended up posting it and that was then another point in the conversation, which it then even kind of shifted it more. Cause it was, it was, you know, my happy, optimistic self posting a photo of me crying. Mm-hmm. And, um, it really then even opened up a whole nother conversation, I would say with that which is also interesting to when you when you find yourself you know in like the highs highest of highs and lowest of lows over the past few years what types of solutions or coping mechanisms have Mm -hmm. you found that have really worked for you in those situations yeah great question yeah that's been something that's been an arsenal I've kind of built up over the years for sure I would say Um, I call it kind of self-soothing or like Mm self-regulating is how I define it. Mm -hmm. Um, For me, that comes down to, I'd say my number one go-to is baths. Um, I think Mm. especially living alone. (laughs) Love a good bath. (laughs) (laughs) You're speaking my language. (laughs) Like just like straight up bubble bath with, um, with music and stuff. And I think especially living alone and being single, you know, I, I don't have people around to necessarily hug all the time or whatever. And so for me, bath is not only this relaxing thing, um, but it's also this physical moment where I step into the water that surrounds mm. me and kind of calms me. Right. Yeah. Yes. I'm like, <laughs> yes. it's such a vibe. Like you get to make, you get to make it your space, like exactly how you need it. Yeah. Yeah, totally. And it's just, once you step into it, you can kind of, and I like candles too, or just like a candle for like the sense of a calming smell. Um, but it does, it just kind of like brings you into the moment you're in. Cause I think anxiety mm-hmm. is when, and having those moments of high or uh, lows is when you, you're, you're not thinking in the present. And so mm-hmm. I feel like baths put you in the present cause it's such like this kind of sensory experience. Mm-hmm. Um, that has you in that moment. So baths are one thing for me. Exercises is also huge for me. I've always been um, a lover of of going out and doing kind of sprints and high intensity stuff. Mm -hmm. But I also have recently found the uh, really good solace in actually some of the slower like meditative yoga. So I've been Mm -hmm. doing a lot more yoga. I actually try to do it once a day um, because I realized that what I never took away from yoga before is it's really as much as it is about testing, um, like pushing your limits to see kind of your movement and how you can hold different poses at the heart of that. I've realized as someone that wasn't ever like trained or knows much about yoga, that it actually also comes down to the breath, how you breathe through Mm those moments of, of tension or when your body is not right where it wants to be and like giving yourself that breath. And mm-hmm. so breath work is something through yoga um, and meditation is also something that I mm-hmm. try to do. Mm-hmm. Um, and then cooking and, and being in the kitchen is then the other kind of restorative thing for me, I think, just because it kind of gives you something to, you know, once again, it has you be present. You, you can, if you're not present, you might chop off a finger. It's true. <laughs> not good. Not good. <laughs> or mess up the recipe. And then um, something I've been trying to advocate more um, people more for, and probably um, the one thing that has even kind of become more prominent as I've, as I've realized how much I love writing and stuff is also journaling Mm -hmm. and journaling. I think that putting pen to paper has such this, it's just a different way to process emotions. It makes you, it makes you narrow in on what's truly, 
you know, it kind of makes you organize your thoughts more and, and no longer just exist in this atmosphere that's just kind of floating around. It makes you mm-hmm. kind of pull things in and then it, it, it helps you to really root through and work things like what, what am I believing? What am I, what am I going through right now? And then mm-hmm. for me, it also provides a great history of like, um, just like those photos on, on my camera roll is I'm able to go back and be like, oh, I never thought I was going to get out of this situation. Mm-hmm. And look, I like, I got out of it or like, you know, life served me up something that then allowed me to know what to do next. Or um, uh, it just kind of journaling also gives me hope, I would say, because I'm able to kind of step out of those moments where I'm like, how am I ever going to get through this? Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like, oh, you do, right? Mm-hmm. You can kind of see the patterns and stuff. Yeah of your thoughts. So are there any moments that you can think back on through your journals or your photos that you're just like, Oh, I, I didn't think I was going to get through that. And like, look at where I am today. I'm here in this moment on a podcast for the first time where you (laughs) might be nervous as heck, but you're here and you're showing up. And it's like, just like, even from when we connected a month ago to now, like you're like radiating out this high vibration. Mm. And so like when you Uh are sitting here right now, is there a time that you look back and you're like, I wish I could tell her what I know now. Mm. Oh, you are, you are good at podcasts. You got some great (laughs) questions. I'll be honest. I think, um, you know, what was it? A little over a year ago, I was living with someone, I was living with a roommate and, um, out of nowhere, uh, I, I learned that, that, you know, they were, they needed to kind of go and, and, you know, they wanted to kind of live alone or whatever. And so I was out of the blue. I didn't Mm -hmm. realize that I was going to need to go back to living alone. And I would say living alone has always had always kind of scared me. I'd lived alone, um, for a year, uh, let's see I think four years ago or so I lived alone for a year. I didn't really like it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so then I got a roommate, um, for two years. And I remember when I found out that, um, that I was no longer going to be living with someone I needed to find my own place. It kind of like, I went in a tizzy. <laughs> I was mm-hmm. like, Oh my gosh, I didn't expect it. It was one of those moments where, um, I'm such a planner. Um, and so I remember writing my journal, like, what am I going to do? Like, where am I going to go at that time too? I was, I was just about to leave for a trip. And so I didn't really have tons of, I wasn't going to be here for a couple of weeks. So that was tough. I had, um, I was going through someone in my family. Um, I lost someone in my family and, and, uh, And it was just like this whole storm of things coming up. And so I think after kind of going through some of those, uh, when I went through those, that journal entry um, in December, actually, when I was rereading it, that sitting here a year later, having been in this pandemic that I like uh, having that I've proved to myself that I can like live alone and live alone well. Mm -hmm. And I finally figured out how to be really comfortable in my own skin, which I mm-hmm. think is even some of the you're saying of like, uh, you know, I've, I've learned how to be comfortable with the silences uh, of living alone and, and, and of having to like, <laughs> I, I had a wasp on my ceiling once and I was like, how am I going to kill this wasp all by myself? It's too high of a ceiling. <laughs> and I remember killing that wasp all by myself. I'm like that, I wrote that down in my journal because I would have <laughs> never like how I did that on the high ceiling. Um, and just even simple things like just, I don't know, just so many things I was kind of waiting or, or ne- feeling I needed to rely on someone else for. I realized like, I can do this alone. I I can, I can, that I'm, that I was way more capable of providing for myself. And I, Mm -hmm. and, and in those moments of, I even got like, uh, in those moments of, of going through and trying to even figure out how to live, um, in quarantine alone, that like we as individuals can do so much more than we give ourselves credit for. Mm -hmm. Uh, and that if we can step out of that fear of like, feeling like you need someone else support you actually can like push yourself to to 
even provide solutions of like, I know that one of the things on my singles week, I talked about planning a trip, but being nervous about being on a road trip by myself. And like, I went and learned from my local mechanic how to change my tire and how mm-hmm. to um, like uh, jumpstart my car if I needed to, you know, mm-hmm. like just things that then yep. helped me. Should I ever get myself into a situation, things I wouldn't have done mm-hmm. not living alone and like being alone right now. I love it. So when you're like thinking back to that time and like where you are now, it sounds like what you would tell yourself a year ago would be like, you can do it. Like you're capable of doing this. Yeah. Which I love. And can you talk a little bit more about your single all the way week was kind of that realization. What made you realize like, heck I can be single. I can do these things and I can keep showing up for myself in a variety of ways. Cause I loved, I loved seeing you pop on the Instagram lives and just like go for it. And I just think it's really empowering because it's hard to, I, from talking to some of my friends that are single, it's hard when you're inundated on social media of people getting engaged, married, having babies, like all these other things. And you're in a different life stage. And I loved seeing you show up for other singles and like getting creative with like how they can be embracing their time for themselves, which I think is so important. Yeah. 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 Well, so the single, the way was, um, I knew I wanted to probably like in November, um, I, I had been dating someone, um, for like two months. And so I had like a moment of like what it felt like to be in a relationship or dating someone. And then suddenly I wasn't anymore. Mm -hmm. And, I remember, um, I remember as I even like got into talking about my mental health was all around singles at work. That's how I actually got, got started sharing, at least at work around kind of the single perspective of living alone in the pandemic and, and, and how you can get tired of, of living alone sometimes and doing like making all your own meals and just the monotony of it. And, um, um, so as I got into the, to November, I was like, you know what? The holiday season is always that time where, you know, there's a Hallmark movies and all these things mm-hmm. that kind of, and like you say, inundate during the holiday season, your social media posts. And I was like, what might it like look, what might it look like if a week before um, that I share some of the things that I've learned over, you know, these past couple of years of, of being single of how I've actually embraced this season and used it as a time to really just focus on myself. And I wanted to do a week before Christmas so or a week for the holiday um, break so that going into those conversations or going into those moments that singles might go into that they would have a little bit more like in their toolbox of how to mm-hmm. approach some of those conversations. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. who are you dating? <laughs> you know, or, yep. or how's your dating life going? Um, and so each of the days was kind of focused on that. Day one was glow on. Uh, so that was all around um, giving yourself credit for all you do as a single and how do you come to those conversations or questions and kind of approach them by leading with everything outside of our dating lives that Mm -hmm. we actually need to give ourselves credit for. (laughs) That's not Mm -hmm. about having a relationship. So whether that's like personal, personal goals, you've, you've gotten career goals, things you're interested in. Like if you um, found, you know, if, if you found an organization you really love or or a gym you really love or whatever that is um, sharing those other dimensions of a person's life. that's not around relationships and, and really kind of, um, like being in control of that conversation rather than, uh, letting mm-hmm. the conversation control you a bit. And so that was like day number one. And that was also someone had mentioned that I was like, Oh, you look like you're glowing after they found out I was dating someone. And I was mm-hmm. like, hold up. I got the glow before the bow. <laughs> like, <laughs> like I was, I was I super it. happy and everything, but it was one of those things where, you know, and that's just, that's such a well-intended thing to say when, when someone hears you in a relationship, Oh, there's that glow about you. Mm-hmm. But I think that like that, what I want for singles is to like find that 
and see that glow in themselves. I love that. Um, yeah. I, I think that's such an important message for men and women really at any age to, yeah, I love it. Like embrace your glow and like it's there inside of you. You don't yeah. need someone else to like light you up. Like you've got that in yourself. Yep. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that was day one. Day two is all about treating yourself. So I give the example of, um, I'd given the story of how I had always, I never wanted to buy new silverware. I had like this mishmash of silverware that I collected mm-hmm. and, um, and sharing that I was like waiting for like the wedding registry moment to finally get like adult silverware. Mm-hmm. And it was all about that step of like, what are those things that we're holding back from ourselves, waiting for an, for a certain part of our life or, or a certain partner or whatever that we can just give to ourselves now? Like, mm-hmm. why are we waiting for something? Um, and how do we take time to notice and act on the, those things that we've been waiting to do, whether that's silverware, whether that's a a house, a dog, uh, you know, it doesn't that have to trip be any of that you want to go on. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. And that was day three was all about, it kind of went into what I call like over the hump. And that was exactly that trip planning for me that, um, like, I remember when we first entered the pandemic, I saw everyone kind of taking road trips and all this kind of stuff. I'm like, Oh, that'd be so nice. But, but especially as a single female, you have to think about safety, where you're going to stay, all this kind mm-hmm. of stuff. And my therapist at the time was like, what if you just took a calculated risk? Like, what if you, you're good at organization, you're good at planning. What, what about if you just uh, planned a trip for yourself and you got it all kind of set up and so that you're, that you can do those things. And so that day was all about having people identify what are those things that you've been scared to do alone, but if you just prep yourself with some foundational things can help cut through that fear? Mm. Um, because usually our, when our fears never, a lot of our fears never actually come to fruition, but it mm-hmm. just, it can stop us from, from um, doing what we life. know we want to do. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Um, so yeah, so that was day three. Day four was all about making space. And that was all about, um, and this kind of goes for anyone as you're trying to like work through it, a goal um, is like how, what is one thing that, that you've been wanting to do? Um, what is one thing that you've been, what's a goal or an aspiration you have that you can find a space in your house or in your apartment or wherever and make that space an area where it reminds like it triggers in you the reminder of like I want to complete this goal so for me it Mm -hmm. is like I want to do some more writing and stuff and so um around this time I actually took a whole weekend in which I made like a writing corner for myself Mm -hmm. and I described it very similar to like for anyone that's trying to like say run a marathon or whatever you Mm -hmm. uh the you know it's always recommended to like set out your shoe or like if you want extra Mm -hmm. set out your shoes and your workout all your workout apparel and all that kind of stuff so it you're one step closer to doing it Mm -hmm. and so that's all about how do you in your single in your season of singleness find, um, identify goals, but then give yourself a space to then step into that goal and create that, that area in in which you can start like accomplishing these things that, that don't need to, that. Well, it's almost like a, it's a space that's going to kind of ignite that passion within you or like draw you closer towards working to whatever the goal is. So for you creating a writing space, yeah, you know, I think about how so often we hear now that like your bedroom should be where you sleep and your Mm -hmm. office is where you work and Mm -hmm. just creating space like that, like not doing everything all in one space where then it's not very clear what you're trying to accomplish, but instead like creating like a clear spot for if you're going to 
get start a podcast. Like, where are you podcasting? Yeah. Like, where is your space where that's where like where you go to work and your inspiration comes and your ideation and your creation. And like for you, you're doing that with your writing. Or if someone, maybe for them, they want to get into meditation. Exactly. So creating that space that's going to like let them lean into that and really feel like everything else around me like is off for now. And like, this is my meditation space. This is my writing space. Yep. Yeah, totally. Totally. Yeah. And, and that can be for anything, music or art mm-hmm. or whatever. Um, yeah. And then, and then day five was all about, uh, was about list making and I called it check it twice. And it was going through two different types of lists. Um, but it was all about like, like I talked about earlier, putting pen to paper, um, to just align yourself with, with who you want to be and who you wish to be with. And one of the, one of the lists that, uh, I had was an exercise I was led through was there was two exercises I was led through. One was just identifying who you were, how you defined yourself. And then, and then going through that list and seeing there are some words in that list that were foundational words, as I call it, things that are innate about you. But then there are some of those words that, um, that how I would define as like floater words, like they're words that, that you're not fully in yet. You're not, if, if you really, you know, think about it, uh, that there's still actions and intent that you really need to do to align yourself. And I went through this, this exercise at a camp I was at. And for me, like those words were, I wrote up all the different words about myself that either I define myself as, or I know, or I've, you know, um, been defined as, and I, one of the words that, that came up that kind of popped off the page was like generosity. Mm -hmm. But I realized as much as I felt generous as a person that like my, my, um, that it wasn't something that was, I was doing monthly. And so it kind of inspired me like, whoa, like, I'm generous in some ways, but like, what is that volunteer organization I need to be stepping into more, more constantly to truly kind of live out mm-hmm. that generous spirit of, of giving my time or resources or whatever, whatever. So I could finally like, so that being like an action that I could work on during my season right now mm-hmm. of just focusing on myself um, while I, you know, continuing to figure out like, the different goals and, and things I want to work on as, as an individual. Um, and what, so what's so wonderful about the single all the way week and the work that you're doing is you're focusing in on yourself and who you are, you're recognizing your worth. And I think that's so important. A lot of times um, it can feel like we need to find someone else to fulfill us. And exactly what you're speaking to is you don't need someone else to feel fulfilled. Right. Yeah, totally. Well, and one of the other, the second list I had that day was even like making a list of what, you know, you want in a partner Mm -hmm. and, um, and then going through and actually like flipping that list and then reading through it. And how many of those words are you actually embodying yourself and where Mm -hmm. you're not making sure that you then if you're expecting something out of someone else, how do you make sure that that expectation or that that quality is something that you actually embody yourself? Mm -hmm. Uh, Which, you know, I think when we write down like what we're looking for in a partner, sometimes we kind of miss like, oh, this is what I want out of someone else. But like, how am I working on on doing that in my own life, right? Mm -hmm. Um, And just kind of focusing on that. Because I think, yeah, it's all, I think, like the single season isn't like this kind of life sentence. It's like the the single season is this wonderful opportunity in which we have time to focus on ourselves as individuals, like you said, and to, um, to really like prepare ourselves in the future. If, you know, a healthy relationship is something that is in our future, as far Mm -hmm. as like, or a relationship does come, um, to be able to step into that more, uh, like wholeheartedly and, and more and more and more in your own sense of self, um, rather than looking for things from other people. Um, mm-hmm. so I love the yeah. way you said, I, I love how you phrase it as it's not a life sentence because it's <laughs> not. And 
singleness should be embraced. And I, I just think it's really beautiful how you're taking your passion for creativity and trying to just like show up in this space and help others to embrace the phase that you're in if they're also finding themselves single as well and like helping them to embrace that and embrace who they are. And I think if you focus so much on what your partner is going to do for you, like that they're going to fill up your bucket, you're not going to have a healthy relationship because right. you don't fill up your bucket first and you expect someone else to do it for you it is not going to work. Like you have right. to figure out who you are and who you want to be before you attract the person that is going to be your partner. Totally. When I think like all of the, all of the days, you know, I think at the end of the single week that I did the single all the way, it's like this realization or this understanding that rooting in your, in yourself, how you um, love yourself and show up for yourself, because I think of it like the visual of, of being in a relationship in which you don't start with this foundation core of like who you are, what you believe in, what your values are, what you do for anyone to pour, start pouring into that. If, you, if you're not, if you're not in, in love with, in love with those parts of yourself in love with um, all those like highs and lows moments that happen, right. Um, the time when someone then comes into your life, if, if you don't believe those words about yourself, if, if you don't, uh, do those things yourself that someone just pouring into a cup that just has like holes in the bottom of mm-hmm. it, right? Like mm-hmm. it just all, it'll drain out. And so, and that's why even kicking off it with the first day was all about just like, how do you, how do you like confidently say like, no, like this is, you know, this is who I am or like, these are the things I'm interested in. Mm-hmm. And there's so much more to people. Um, uh, then we, or there's so much more to ourselves than we sometimes give ourselves credit for. Um, so yeah. When you, when you look back and you finished that week, like, how did you feel? Like, did you feel a shift in yourself just by, you know, taking the time to do the single all the way? Yeah. Uh, it was, it was a very, uh, (laughs) the whole week was like this excitement week I would say because it was definitely I was I was doing content on the day as as the day came um I wasn't planned but uh I think what got me excited was one the uh, how much it resonated with other singles and even non-singles too like I uh I even had some people say like I could use some of the like some of those tips and tricks you gave are something I need in my like Mm-hmm. even in my own life and I'm in a relationship and but it really was I think whenever I share any part of my story um what fuels me is from hearing from people like oh me too or like oh man you just like hit the nail on the head as far as mm-hmm. like that's that is getting the question about my dating life is so much but you just like we're now able to find ways to navigate around it or like other people are going through that same thing (laughs) or Mm -hmm. like other people are scared of that trip and so it was definitely a moment of I think too feeling not so alone which also felt like such a relief of like oh Mm -hmm. so many other people are going through this as well Mm -hmm. um and that was also reason why I shared is I feel like sometimes the um the single season is like made to look a certain way and when it doesn't align to what the expectations of whether it's through you know movies or through you know friends experiences of what their single season is like you're like am I doing this wrong but Mm -hmm. then (laughs) but then everybody um it was cool to see how it was inspiring other people or or other people were connecting with um connecting with each of the different days in their own way Um, And so that was really, that was cool to see, to see how people related to it and how they took pieces that I maybe were, you know, excited about certain piece, but they really grabbed on to this other piece of the story, Mm -hmm. Um, which is what's fun about storytelling is everyone kind of takes away different aspects of it. And what I really enjoy 
you talking about like your personal shares as storytelling. It just puts Mm. it into this just unique way of thinking about it. So like when I talk about like I'm talking about like a personal share, personal story, personal experience. And then when you call it a storytelling, I, it just gives it so much more life, I feel. Um, and I loved how much you just showed up and you put yourself out there and you tried something new. I was logged on for your first one, your IG live. And you're kind of like, I don't know what I'm doing, but like you showed (laughs) up and you did it anyway. And I hope that other people listening are like, hell yeah. And they're feeling inspired to hear your story and be like, I can show up. I don't have to know what I'm doing. You didn't let the fear hold you back and you did it anyway. And that's, what's so awesome. And this kind of segues in to what I really want to have you talk about. And we, Lindsay and I got to chat before this, she said a word for the year and she kind of had set one word and then she went back and did a little kind of like research and shifted (laughs) the word. And I just think it's really cool how much thought she put into it. And if you're someone that has not said a word for the year yet, it is not too late, but I want you to hear her story. And Lindsay, can you talk about what your word is, but where you started and kind of the process that got you to finally set this word up? And I think what's so interesting is I feel like the word that you set has already kind of begun for you. Oh, <laughs> thanks. <laughs> um, yeah, so my, I love doing a word of the year. I did it last year and it was really just in, an inspiring way to look at goals for the year. Um, so this year, my word I decided was courage or courageous. Mm-hmm. And um, originally, I like Alex said, when we were first talking, I, uh, I originally was going to use the word brave. Uh, that was a word that someone Uh, had said to me after I shared more of my story with them and it hit me hard for the first time of like wow I've never viewed myself as brave and like Mm. um and and it just like it was kind of like all the walls I built came crashing down because I finally opened up in in a whole different way to someone around my story and um but around that same time courageous started started popping up in my life in weird ways (laughs) like and I was like what's the difference like I want to set my word as brave, but now this courageous word keeps popping up. And mm-hmm. so I went online and I was reading an article and it was talking about how um, bravery is to confront something without any fear. And, um, but, and the root word is centered on bold and, and also like, there's kind of like this wildness about it. You just kind of step into it without any fear. Mm-hmm. And I realized that, that there is lot more times where I'm actually way more fearful (laughs) that when I step into these things, but I kind of do it knowing that, that there is, um, that my hope is helping like at least one more person and courage is all about the ability to confront something despite any fear. And the root word, um, is kind of centered more around heart and it's centered around courage is linked to kind of having a cause. Like, what are you, it's having a cause or like fighting for something or stepping up because you really believe in something. And so, um, you know, for me, that word just kind of took hold because especially as I talked about my mental health stories and even being single and all that kind of stuff, part of it is scary to step into having some of those conversations. But then I also know that, that I was seeing just this opportunity, this white space that people weren't talking about some of these certain subjects in a way that felt like relatable. And so I just wanted to enter into that and hopefully help people and help people um, have that. And so courage, courageous became my word for 2021 mm-hmm. uh, as just how do I keep going into these arenas that feel uncomfortable and how do I keep um, storytelling and allowing other people to, to hopefully share their stories and inspire them to share their stories um yeah and and 2020 was like kind of the year finding my voice and 2021 Mm -hmm. is the year of like refining my voice a bit um and no longer letting you know every time you share your story I think you you step into it can be scary there there can be the sense of fear but once you step into fear when you choose to dance with it it becomes familiar and so my my goal with the word courageous is how do I um, continue to dance with fear a bit and, and just kind of like step into it. Um, knowing that, 
that some of these conversations on mental health or, 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 or singleness or whatever, you know, how, how do we start to change some of the narratives that have been so long rooted um, between mental health never really getting talked about and, and with singleness, uh, you know, there's always such focus on, on family or relationships. How do we actually embrace uh, and see single as a whole, like this kind of, this really cool season. <laughs> I love it. In. And dancing with fear, it's just such this cool way to think about it. And I don't know if you've ever heard of Marie Forleo. Oh. Um, she has a book, it's called Everything is Figure Outable. And so she oh. really talks about if fear is showing up, it's not there to tell you like, stop. It's actually there as like a sign, keep going, embrace the fear, step up into the fear. And I love exactly what you're saying. Dance with the fear, like yeah. go for it. And yeah, that's such a cool way to think about it. And I love how much the word courage is already showing up for you in 2021 by coming and being on this podcast, sharing your story. And I just can't wait to see how it continues to push you forward into this year. Oh, thanks. Well, I know. And I, I, it's funny when I came up with courageous, I'm like, wow, I'm getting right into it with this podcast. (laughs) Hey, we're here and you did it. And I've loved it. And the last, the last question I have for you is Lindsay, what ripple do you want to create? Yeah, I would say, may you find ways to share your story. Um, You choose the audience. I hope that People learn that when we share our story, not only does it shine a light and heal a place that once felt dark in us, mm-hmm. um, but it also acts as a lighthouse for others. So um, share your story, uh, be a lighthouse to someone else. And, um, and yeah. Oh, I love it. Thank you so much for sharing your story. And where can the listeners find you? Yeah, you can find me on Instagram at what happy makes. Um, and I also started a YouTube channel as well. What happy makes. And then, uh, you can also find me on my blog, whathappymakes.com. And all of this will be linked in the show notes. So I'll make sure to send them right to you. Love it. (laughs) Everyone. Thank you so much for joining Lindsay and I on the creating ripples podcast today. It was so much fun. And if you love what you are hearing, make sure to hit subscribe. So you never miss an episode when it drops. That's all I got for you today. Enjoy the rest of wherever you are at on this journey. And we will see you back here for the next episode. Until then, let's go out and start creating ripples.